leaders, you're listening to the Leading Her Way podcast, where you learn how to use your feminine strengths to think, act, and become the executive leader you've always wanted to be, while laughing, loving, and living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Bryan. I built my career from the streets of Brooklyn to the boardroom as a three-time Fortune 500 executive. Welcome to this shared space designed just for us to openly discuss topics at the intersection of leadership and womanhood that will help you grow your career and lead boldly. All right, let's get this conversation started. Hey, leaders. Okay, so I am so glad that you are back here with me. Now, I'm not going to front. I am a little fired up about today's topic. But before we even dig into it, let me introduce myself, especially for my first time listeners, because the first thing that you hear about me is not going to be me ranting on any subject. So welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Nicole Bryan, and you're listening to episode eight of Leading Her Way. We gather here every other week as women leaders who have three things in common. Number one, you want to become a top executive. Number two, achieving health and wealth are important to you. And number three, you're a leader at home and at work, and leadership is simply part of your lifestyle. If any of those three resonate with you, then you have definitely found your tribe. And I'm super excited to have you here. Today, we're focusing on the importance of working on your career, not just in it. Now, I did a short video on this a couple of weeks ago, and my DMs and inbox were flooded with messages and questions. So that told me that I hit the nail right on the head. And since there were so many reactions, it was obvious that a 30-second reel wasn't going to cut it. The topic warranted a longer discussion. So here we are. So what exactly do I mean when I say working on your career matters just as much, maybe even more so to get you to the executive level than working in your career? Said another way, you are a conscientious leader, meaning that you are thinking always about how you are performing on the job, how you're leading your team, and the results that you are delivering for the organization. And that's what you have been trained to think about. I mean, if we really think about it, from the time that we are little kids, we are trained to stay focused, do the work, and wait, and wait for the reward that comes from doing that work. So if you think about primary school, for example, we get our homework, I mean, we get the lesson, we get our homework, we do the homework, we get the check mark, right? We're waiting for that check mark or check plus. We will um, wait for our quarterly grades and the quarterly grades are an indication of how much we focused and performed and did what was told of us in that situation or in that classroom. Then we get to secondary school or secondary education, I should say, and the same thing happens where what we are taught in the class, right? In lecture hall, we will, we, we have to go home. We have to study that. We have to get, we get tested on it. And we then wait for our grades 
to determine how well we perform. So we're always striving for that A, that A plus. And so it makes total sense that we replicate this yet again when we get into the work world where we have a job description and we know what our responsibilities are and we work heads down fulfilling those responsibilities and we weight as an indicator of how well we're performing with our semi-annual review or annual review and or a bonus that we might get as a result of our performance. And when we are fulfilling the responsibilities that again are either on a job description or we inherit along the way, maybe it may not be written on paper, but we know it's our responsibilities, that is working in your career or working in your job. And working in your job is about the here and now. It's about what your performance is measured against. And it's the responsibilities of your current and specific role and how it benefits the company. Working on your career, on the other hand, is all about the work that you need to be doing to advance your career. And while it, of course, will benefit the organization, Working on your career primarily benefits you. Many of us actually only do this type of work when we are looking for a new role. But the more high achieving leaders are always working on their career. And not because they are better subject matter experts, but because they acknowledge, they know, they understand, and are willing to prioritize doing and getting better at all of the thoughts, behaviors, and activities that's gonna secure their executive seat. And when I say on your career, what I'm talking about are things like always networking, both inside and outside of your company. Always looking and being keeping abreast of things in your industry to know when change is happening and to be able to stay on top of that demonstrating your thought leadership, again, inside or outside of your company, working on your executive presence, being able to connect with sponsors and advocates who will speak up on your behalf when you are in the room and when you're not in the room, continuously working to become a better leader, to be able to indicate that you are ready for more or bigger leadership opportunities. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think you get the gist here. It's all of the things that are not necessarily listed on any particular job description, but we know are valued the more senior you become in any organization. And so the phenomenon that I see over and over and over again with my own clients, as well as with you, when I'm speaking to many of you, is that you are so busy working hard. I mean, putting in the time and energy and the hours in your current role and filling your current responsibilities that you are not even thinking about doing any of the things that it was going to take for you to reach your ultimate career goals because you just don't have the energy left, frankly. And we are so conditioned by all the things we've experienced up until now to really perform in our current role and not necessarily to be thinking about 
or engaging in the behaviors that we know are needed to move up. Now, if this is you, I don't want you to feel bad. Like this is such a common thing. So let me tell you, I'll tell you a little side story here. So when I posted this video last week, like I said, I got a lot of DMs, a lot of uh, messages, uh, emails in my inbox, and I got the opportunity to speak to a couple of you. And one woman who I spoke to, her name is Deborah. When Deborah and I got on a call, she was sharing with me her frustration of not being able to advance in her career. She's a director. She wants to get into an AVP role. She's tried a few times. She's done a couple of internal applications. Um, she's had the conversation with her boss and she keeps getting turned down for the, the next level. And so when I asked her, okay, besides putting in your applications, what else have you been doing? How have you been demonstrating to the people around you that you are ready and capable of doing something more crickets? <laughs> and I, I'm laughing and I know Deborah's listening because um, I told her that I was going to share this story. And so shout out to you, Deborah. I'm hoping that you're still laughing with me. And she and I had a really, really good conversation about this. But the truth was she has ambitions and she has very, very good skills. She has ambitions to do more and to move to that AVP level. Yet the primary thing that she has in her toolkit right now is her subject matter expertise. She has not been able to demonstrate to the organization, to her boss, to anyone else that she can do more and that she is capable of doing more. Deborah has received back to back exceeding expectation performance ratings for the last four years because why she is a great subject matter expert and she's pretty good at leading her small team. But what she hasn't been able to demonstrate to the organization and to her boss and anyone else is all those other skills that are needed to move up in an organization, right? So she clearly has been working in her job and in her career, but what she hasn't been doing is working on her career and on her career advancement. And so you may find yourself in the same exact situation as Deborah. And what I'm saying is the first thing we have to do is recognize it, right? Acknowledge it and know where we are and why we are there. And now that we've recognized it, we can actually start working to get yourself out of that situation. Now, you may be asking yourself, Nicole, why are you so fired up? Why would you say you're fired up about this? And the reason why I'm fired up is because this is one of the things where we know, each one of us knows intellectually what types of things will get us and move the needle in our careers. And we know intellectually that we're not doing any of those things, yet we continue to be surprised when our career is not moving as fast as we want it to or to the level that we want it to. That's why I get frustrated about it. 
And I'm sure now that I'm pointing it out for you at this moment, you might be like, you know what? Yeah, you right. <laughs> Which is fine, right? But this is why I'm talking. That's why I made the video. This is why I'm making this uh, podcast and using this as an opportunity to talk about it on a deeper level, because it's a phenomenon, like I said, that is it is rampant across uh, corporate across nonprofits, across the globe in terms of working women that we find ourselves here. And it's really because we've all been conditioned. That is how all of our major societal, societal environments, that is how it operates, meaning heads down, perform and wait for your reward. Whereas what we're trying to accomplish right now, what you are trying to accomplish next is not going to reward you in that same way if you don't work in a different way. So let's talk a little bit about the myths that are probably holding you back. We just talked about one of them, which is, okay, all I need to do is keep my head down, do my job, and then I will get my promotion to that executive level, right? So we know that is a true myth. The second myth I want to talk about is Many of you might be thinking, I don't have the time for anything else. Like, okay, Nicole, you are right. I do need to be working in a different way and working on my career instead of just in it. But I don't have time for that. I, my, my day is completely packed as it is. And I don't even have time to do all the other things, all the things that are required of my job. How am I going to fit in anything more? And my response to that is that's a common belief. So the first thing I'll say is we all make time for the things that we want to make time for, right? The things that we value, we will make time for in some way, shape, form, or fashion. The second thing I will say is also there are ways for you to integrate the working on your career as part of your normal daily task versus thinking, thinking of it as something completely different and separate. The truth of the matter is when we think about all those things that I listed that you could be doing to be working on your career, to advance your career. So, you know, having a sponsor and having a relationship with advocates who are, who will, you know, speak on your behalf when you're not in the room your executive presence, all of these things that are not listed on your job descriptions, but will move your career forward. Those things can be incorporated into your daily or weekly responsibilities. So time is not necessarily an excuse for you not to take them on. And the third myth that I hear on a regular basis is I'm not cut out for that. Like all of those things make me uncomfortable. I don't want to have to have a sponsor. I don't want to um, have to work on my executive presence. And I hear you, but I think what I would say to that is you need to be truly determining what you really want. Meaning we have all been in positions before where we have a goal for ourselves, whether it's a personal goal or a professional goal. And we need to be making the decision in terms of what are we wanting or willing to sacrifice to get to that goal. There are things that you are, might, may have to do that you are going to be uncomfortable with in the moment, but you will do it because 
you know that the what's at the end of the rainbow, the gold pot that's at at the end of the rainbow is more important to you than your dislike of doing whatever. Perfect example for me, you know, you guys know I have always said I am very, very, um, very honest about my fear of public speaking. I can't say today that I'm, I'm continue to be afraid of it, but I do not like it. However, that fear at the time and now my discomfort in doing public speaking is very small in comparison to the bigger goals that I have, which is helping you, for example, helping my community get to the executive suite, diversifying C-suites all across the globe with more women and more women of color, more people of color. That's more important to me than any discomfort that I'm going to have in front of any crowd. So similarly, you will need to make the decision of where you are trying to get and take your career, whether it be the executive suite or the C-suite, whether or not that is more important to you than you not wanting, for example, to network or you not wanting to find a sponsor that's going to support you. The truth is there are many, many myths that are out there that we've been conditioned to think about and to believe and that will hold you back. So what part of this journey is not just changing your behavior, but also changing the way you think about these things and asking yourself. So when you start to feel resistance to doing and taking some of these actions, you will need to and want to ask yourself, is this true? Is what I am believing? Is there any evidence to this? Is this a reality or is this something that I just think is true? And if you can get into the habit of challenging your own self and your own ways of thinking by asking questions like that, then that will help you start to shift from what's real versus what is a myth. Okay, so now that we've talked about what working on your career is versus what working in your career looks like. And we've talked about some of the myths that we've just generally been conditioned to believe. Now I want to talk about what you should do about it. So I encourage you to do a self audit like for a week, just to see how much time you're spending doing your job responsibilities versus how much time you're spending working on your career. You can easily keep a tally on your appointment calendar or in a note section on your phone. And if your audit shows that you're not working on your own career advancement enough, or maybe you already know that you're not working on your own career advancement enough, then your next step is to start working on weekly career advancement activities. Now, the activity should align with your career goals. So for example, if your goal is to get promoted in your company within the next six to 12 months, then you may want to find a sponsor and get their support for a promotion. Or if you want to be the next head of your department, asking your boss or someone else in the know what you need to work on to be named the successor for that role. Or maybe you know that in your company culture, people are rewarded for being on the highest profile projects. Then you will want to focus on networking internally to learn what projects are coming down the pike. Now, shifting from reactive to proactively working on your own career advancement 
to the executive level is one of the concepts we go deep on in my On Her Rise group coaching program. And one of the questions my clients always ask is, well, how much time is enough time to spend working on my career versus in it? And that's a more complex question because I would need to know more specific details about your situation, like what your next big career goal is, the culture of your team and your organization, what kind of relationship you have with your boss and other decision makers in the company. But a general rule of thumb for the average person is that it should mirror the percentage of leadership responsibilities in your current role. So for example, if your role is about 20% leading others and 80% doing the work of a subject matter expert, you should shoot for that same ratio of 20% working on your career versus 80% working on your job description responsibilities. Now, like I said, this is not an exact science and your unique circumstances may make you want to ramp up the amount of time you work on your career. Like if you've set a short deadline for yourself to reach your next career goal. Okay, I hope you found today's conversation helpful and that you're able to walk away from our discussion knowing the difference between what working on your career looks like versus what working in your career looks like. And I did wanna mention that if one of the ways that you want to work on your career is to improve your executive presence, then I'm working on something coming up in the next couple of weeks that is gonna be really, really helpful for you. And I'm gonna be sharing it with my email list first. So if you are not a VIP leader on my email list, you can sign up for free today at services.thechangedoc.com forward slash community. Again, that's services.thechangedoc.com forward slash community. And I'll also put it in the show notes for you. And lastly, if you have questions about anything that we've talked about today, you know where to find me. Send me a DM on LinkedIn or hit me up on email. Remember, always be good to yourself, lady leader. Until next time. That's a wrap for this episode of Leading Her Way. Thanks for tuning in. If you have thoughts, questions, or ideas for future topics, connect and send me a message on LinkedIn. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. Your review will help spread the word to other ambitious females so they know they're not alone and that this podcast is a community of support for all of us leading her way to the top. Remember, your leadership is needed. Your leadership is powerful. So lead boldly. Until next time.